Hi everyone, welcome to Scared Shitless Podcast. Um, my name's James and I am very nervous and scared because I've never... Wait, is someone coming? No. No. Um, I've never done a podcast by myself. So this is the first time I've like done anything solo. Like I'll have guests every week on the show, but um, I guess like taking creative control and like concept all into my own hands is very scary because I don't want to fail and I'm scared of failure. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty much this podcast is a true horror story podcast. So I retell spooky stories to friends um, and people that are interested in the podcast that I want to bring on. Um, but I'm, I'm a little baby. Like I'm scared of horror. Like when I watch horror movies, as much as I love them, I cover my eyes because I'm a baby and I'm terrified. Um, so like, this is going to be interesting. I love horror. I've always been into the supernatural ever since I was young and horror films and all things occult so let's see what happens but today I am joined by um, my partner in crime and in life JJ <laughs> hey so JJ let me um, ask you mm. what is your favorite horror movie let's start with that favorite horror movie like I want to say something like really niche and special but I'll probably say, like, The Conjuring. The Conjuring's great. I feel like... Even, like... Yeah. Even, like, Paranormal Activity, the first one, is pretty... It's pretty good. Honestly. Paranormal like, Activity... Be, but yeah. Good. I think that, like, Paranormal Activity, along with, like, Blair, the Blair Witch Project... Absolutely. Like, the Blair Witch Project blazed the way for... <sighs> Actually, you know... Yeah. What is my favourite horror movie? Chernobyl. <gasps> Have you seen it? Chernobyl Diaries? Is um, that what it's called? No, it's just called Chernobyl. I think I've seen it. There's a TV show called, I think, don't quote on this, but there's a TV show called Chernobyl Diaries, but there's a whole movie about Chernobyl and it's fucking scary. cooked. It's scary. Can we swear? Yeah, swear absolutely. Swear away. Thank Please. God. Fucking cunt. I mean, uh, maybe not the C word. <laughs> maybe not. But fuck, you can say fucking shit and balls and whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I think like movies like Blood Blair, like Paranormal Activity, for example, um, like the like Blair Witch. found footage vibes. I love that. Mm. And Blair Witch was like the original to do that. So like, mm. that's one of my favorites. I always really like the films because I'm a piece of shit wanker. Um, <laughs> I like the films that are like have paved the way for other directors to kind of play with the genre. Yeah. Like for example, the Blair Witch Project literally invented the found footage genre. Yeah. And that's, that's why Paranormal Activity could be what it is. And any other, because like. There's so many I now. I think. If I remember, I think Chernobyl has a viable found footage, but there, because I'm pretty sure there's a couple on there that records everything. Mm. Um, but also, there's another movie that's really popular. It's like found footage. There's <gasps> a lot. Um, there's so many. Fuck, what is it? No, but there's one <laughs> Chronicle, but that's not a horror movie. That's a super no, movie. that's just yeah, that's a great. Actually, that was a good movie. Really, watched I've, really, I've watched that a few, few times. The thing about Paranormal Activity is it literally scared me so it's, much. It's really it's weird because in the moment you are terrified. You're like, I I'm gonna run away from everything right you now. You believe it's real. And then you finish it and you're like, Why mm. why was I scared of that? You think about it back yeah. and you're like, that's obviously this is gonna happen, that was gonna happen. The camera panning left. Yeah. Obviously something's gonna pop up on the right. Like Yeah, well know? honestly like I remember watching it like in my bedroom, downloaded it, oh I didn't, I bought it. <laughs> wink wink. <laughs> and um I watched it and 
I don't know. Do you ever watch a horror... Like, when you're a kid and you watch a horror movie and then, like, after you watch the movie, everything just seems dark? Yeah, and you have to watch, like, cartoons or some shit. Yeah, it was that feeling. It was in the afternoon. I closed the blinds. Like, I made it, like, a whole vibe. And I was (laughs) so... Of course you did. Of course you made it a vibe. I was so fucking scared. you have candles and a Rishi board on the left, too? (laughs) Yeah. It was fucking... I was scared as shit. And there's two different endings. Because I watched one with... Yeah. There's two different endings to it. Which one? Paranormal one. The first one, they decided to change the ending because of how popular it was to open it up for a sequel. And so, like, the ending that I saw was so powerful and punchy. And then I saw the second ending that was, like, opening it up. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I like it anymore now. Yeah, I feel like it could, like... Do you know what ending I'm talking about? I don't want to spoil anything, but there's two endings. Um, I think so. I'm, like, loose in my head on how it ended. Yeah. But then also, I think all five of them are merging into five. one. Oh my yeah. god. But it's the same vibe to like, no, I'm not going to compare it to The Conjuring because I feel like personally, mm. The Conjuring series is one of the only horror movie series that actually holds. I disagree strong. so intensely. But you just disagree with sequels. I just in hate, I, I can't think of any like horror, a sequel in general, except The Godfather, to be honest, that like is decent. <laughs> like, I don't know any horror sequel that's ever any good because like The Conjuring I I remember watching maybe up to the bit. third one and then the ones where they kind of branch off is a bit odd like it's Annabelle just, and all that bullshit yeah I hated Annabelle who, like who gives a fuck I don't care about Annabelle well they care money. no it's just his money yeah literally just money, the money. money, money I think Saw was like again like Saw had a great first punchy film incredible ending and then they just fucked it up with like 17 movies. See, I disagree with that too no, because I feel every single Saw We're going to break up now. It's exactly the same. I disagree. Saw 1 is great. Don't get me wrong. Saw 1's great. But if Saw 2 was released in Saw 1's place, it would have done just as well. No, that's bullshit. No, nah, it would have. Nah, whatever. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... Okay, before we begin, I think, like, a really cool thing to do, which I would like to do with people who come on to this um, podcast, would be, like, do you have any spooky stories that have happened to you, like, <gasps> That's crazy. supernatural stuff? That. Have like, you watched the H3 podcast? <laughs> sorry? Have you watched the H3 podcast? Why? Because he asks this for every guest. It's Does so, he? Yeah, but you're not stealing it. It's a very I didn't, common I question. I didn't know that. Yeah, so every single, like, I watched one with fucking... Listen to one with... Um, Post Malone. Post Malone is like really into fucking is ghost he? stories. He took them ghost hunting. Whoa. Um, was it Healer Killer? Healer, yeah. Healer and... Um, Ethan. Ethan. I took them ghost hunting. I did hunting. not know that they were so into it. Um, I yeah, feel like well, Ethan is so dismissive and like... That's realistic. the thing. He, oh, he the, loves to hear people's things to like... Because he wants his mind to be changed, but he also doesn't. Yeah. So he... Yeah. But ghost stuff does happen to me. <gasps> Tell me. Wow. Um, I feel like anyone could be like, something happened to me. Can't explain it. Um, I think most, the most scary thing mm. that's happened to me, and I don't know if it was like in a moment, like being taken over by the vibe of the place. Yeah. But have you been to Golb and, um, the mental, the mental hospital that was I've, abandoned? I haven't been there, but I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. So I went there, oh, like years ago with a couple of friends. And this is um, like an abandoned giant, like massive place. That's like, it has stories. Most, unfortunately most of it's burnt down now because of some dickheads. Yeah. Um, but it was quite a well-kept monument. 
And just for anyone that doesn't know, Goulburn is like inland near um, Australia's capital, Canberra. It's about an hour north of Canberra. Mm. So it's kind of like a regional city, very it's small. De- it's definitely a regional city. Yeah. But um, so that's is, that, is that alarm? That's yeah, your, it'll turn that's your clock, Don't worry. Um, but what happened was, so I went a couple times with some friends and you hear noises and shit, but also like it's an old building, wind moves shit. Um, but once, um, I swear I saw like a lady, um, because there's this like big, not cafeteria area, but like kind of cafeteria area. Um, we can see, you can imagine that people would eat there. Um, and yeah, it was just fucking, I Do the places have a, like a feeling to it? You walk in there and you feel death. You feel the dead of, you know, it's just, and that daunting, like trapped feeling mm. of like I feel like these people mentally ill were not looked after the way they should have mm. and were just kind of I feel like a lot of misdiagnoses would have gone on and they would just not have been treated the way they should have so that energy alone I think is enough to make anyone think they For would sure. feel or see something but that's one of the most like I can say what does she look like um it, it's it's hard to explain because like it's not like that to be like, it was a Victorian era lady. Yeah, she was wearing a big dress. Right. It was just literally, I saw a thing. Yeah. And it looked like a lady. Okay, yeah. So it was, and it wasn't like, I saw it, looked at it and it stayed there. It was yeah, like. Yeah, just a split second. Peripheral. And then I looked and it was there for a second yeah. and I looked away and I was like. <gasps> I've definitely seen like a cat in my peripherals once in an old house. Like in my peripherals, I saw a cat sitting Like down. a real life cat. Yeah, a black cat. I looked and it was gone, but it was definitely sitting there next to me. See, but that like, sh- that's the thing of like why so many people don't uh, like think that mm. anything paranormal is real because your brain can really just fuck with you that way. For sure. I think like also a good point to make about this podcast, um, just as a segue, is that scary stuff doesn't have to be necessarily paranormal like... Um, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it, JJ, but mm. um, something very scary occurred to you when you were younger, and I think that's something that a lot of people are very afraid of. Mm. Um, would you be comfortable with saying the story? Yeah, I'll tell the story. Because I think, like, for me, watching um, horror movies and things, the real the things that scare me the most isn't necessarily, like, supernatural demon things shit. Things that can really happen. It's, like, stuff that can actually really happen, and, mm. like, this does really happen, so... Um, over to you. <laughs> what happened? Um, okay, so I'm originally from South Africa. Um, I moved here about nine years ago. And, yeah, so... Where, where, where do we living... The place that you're from, it's called, um... I always forget the name. I fucking forget. It's like Kalisa. <laughs> Kalisi. <laughs> Am I close? No. Starts with a C? Cin- no. Centennial. Well, I'm from the capital or the state of Gauteng. And in mm. that state, I stayed in Pretoria. Pretoria. And in that That's state, where I got a from. big area is Centurion, which is like... See, it all sounds very, very Game of Thrones. It does. Um, yeah, sorry. but um, so <laughs> I'm from Gauteng. Um, if you don't know things about South Africa, it is very crime-ridden um, for many reasons. I won't delve into that. But... A lot of people do move away from South Africa due to the crime. Um, anyway, back in the day, my cousins moved to Australia just because um, they felt there was more opportunities there for the whole family and everything, and also, I think, due to safety. Um, but 
yeah, so they did that. And then me and my family went over to Australia to visit them. Fell in love like crazy. Where where were they? Queensland? Yeah, Gold Coast, Brisbane. Fuck the Gold Coast, but I love <laughs> Brisbane. I love Brisbane. Gold Coast was just terrifying and overwhelming. Yeah. But Brisbane felt like South Africa, mm. but just less stabbings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> less theft as what I could see as a what nine-year-old. Um, yeah, so we went there, we loved it, and then we went back to South Africa. And maybe a few months passed and my parents were like, look, let's try to see if we can move to Australia because we have a lot of family there and it seems to be better option, opportunities for me and my sister. Mm. Um, all that How shit. old were you at the time? I was about nine when we started the process. Okay. I don't quote me entirely on that. But no one is because... Who, are you going to talk to my mom? No, you're not. <laughs> no. So I was nine, actually. I was nine years old. And yeah, so we loved it and we tried to start the process and we did start the process. It's a very, very expensive thing to do and very risky mm. if you don't get the right visa. So what a lot of people do is get like a working visa, which is good. And if you get a job, great. But if you lose that job, you have to leave the country or get another job like quick smart. You can't fuck around with that. Yeah. Um, so we try to go for a permanent residency. Very difficult. Um, and then one day, my parents took myself and my sister out to dinner to break the news, like, hey, when we can't afford it. We're not going to go. We can't sell the house. So we're just going to stay here and live on our lives. Um, they obviously took us to a public area so we don't freak out and all that. And, um, like, we took and we're like, fuck, that's really shit, but whatever. Like, there's not much we can do as kids for that situation. Mm. Anyway, on our way home, we were driving on the way, and I remember specifically, we got onto our street where we used to live, and I got a really bad feeling, and I started crying my eyes out. And did you live in, like, kind of suburban... Yeah, beautiful, stunning suburban area. No, like, suburban... It was near the city in terms of, like, like 20-minute drive from a city. It wasn't deep in a city, but it was, like... It was a nice suburban area, like, outer suburbs of Sydney, outer suburbs of Melbourne, like, that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, beautiful area Our house was protected it was safe um, but anyway I got a big anxiety attack driving down the road anyway we pull up and we had like a two door system to our garage or like to enter, enter our property so we had a gate that would slide open and then maybe four metres of space and then our garage would be there and that was two doors to open the garage right so it was a gate a gate driveway open and you couldn't open like we didn't open the garage until the gate was closed behind us okay yeah in case of anyone coming in but that day my sister and her then boyfriend um, were driving behind us so we did leave the gate open and when we left the gate open and we opened the garage a bunch of men came out of nowhere jumped out of the bushes next to our house obviously scoped out the house beforehand, jumped out and were like, like just screaming, throwing their hands in the air. They had all had guns, like handguns, nothing crazy, but still guns. And I remember the moment that still chills me to this day and I'll never forget is I was sitting in a backseat behind my mum and she turns around to look to see if my sister and her boyfriend are in and she just stares me straight in the eyes and says, just do what they say. Mm. And that, like, I still have nightmares about that sometimes. Like, just that. And, like, sometimes I get flashbacks if I'm sitting in a back seat with anyone and I turn around and look me in the eyes. I sometimes get that feeling yeah. of, like, what are you going to say to me? I'm not going to turn around. I'm just going to stay still. 
kind of that fight or flight feeling. Yeah. And I obviously had no idea what's going on. Felt terrified at a moment. I was like, what do you mean? And then, like, I'm not going to tell every single detail because, like, it's a lot. Mm. But basically men ran up to the car. They hit my sister over the head with a, the back of a gun. Um, she didn't realize in a moment that she was hurt badly, but she was bleeding all over. They grabbed me by my ankle and tried to pull me out the car, but I was still seatbelted in. And I remember in a moment, my mum got me a Spider-Man toy that night to be like, sorry, we can't go to Australia. And I tried to offer it to him. It's like, yeah. it's like a little kid being like, Aww. no, take my valuables Baby. and then you can go. Um, yeah, so they ripped me out, broke my ankle, tore many ligaments. And then they pulled my mum out by, the, by her necklace, trying to get it off. Um, they couldn't get it off, so they hurt her neck and like her head a lot. And the only person they left on was my dad because he's a six foot four man. And he's defenseless in that moment because yeah. his whole family is standing in front of him. Yep. Basically, their lives are in danger. If he makes one wrong move, every single person there can be shot. You know, like it's just, it's very, it's in that reality. It's like, it's literally life or death. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so everyone was held by someone. And then out of nowhere, the garage door starts shutting mm. out of nowhere. So it's a remote control door. Um, so that starts shutting. So they run out and I start shooting shots in the air, like um, warning shots. Mm. And it's one thing that I remember as well is like, it doesn't sound like it does on TV. It mm. sounds like firecrackers. It's, mm. it can be easily like, you can easily think that you can hear that sound and be like, that's a firecracker, Not but a gun, it can yeah. be a gun. You know, especially, it, I mean, they could have used fake guns. Who knows? No one got shot, luckily. Um, but luckily, next door as well, there was a party going on across the street. Like, our neighbors were having a party. And they heard the gunshots going on. Yeah. And they saw these men and they called the police. These men did get away. They were never caught. But the police were there maybe 15 minutes after. And then, <clears throat> yeah, they basically just looked after us. And that caused... Years and years of trauma, of course. Yeah. Still to this day, there's some moments of PTSD. Yeah. And um, my, I'm not particularly religious myself, but my parents and my sister are. And my parents took this as a sign from God mm. to move to Australia. It's a very, very intense sign. And I'm sure he could have just <laughs> left a letter and be like, hey guys, hey guys. Um, maybe move to Australia. Yeah. But instead, that happened. And then, yeah, my parents just kept going with the process. We started again to sell a house and like three or four years later my dad moved here for a year and then we moved here and yeah, yeah. nine years later I'm here happen, happily and safe in Wollongong I feel <laughs> like um, my favourite part of firstly thank you for sharing that because I know okay. it's a hard story to tell sometimes but also my one of the parts I really like in that story even though like I'm <laughs> talk, I know I know I'm I know talking about mean. it like it's a fictional story I know it's mean. not but the part that I really like admire. Can I is, say one thing? Yeah. About telling the story to anyone ever, they always are like very, they tiptoe around the fact, mm. facts of things. And I'm like, no, what happened is I got held up by a gun yeah. as a nine year old child. Yeah. That happened. Went to therapy for it. I'm okay now. Yeah. I can talk about it. Yeah. It's looking back at it now, 
it's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, say what you want. Obviously, don't be a dickhead about it, but <laughs> people are always so scared to say anything. And I'm like, yeah. no, if I'm telling you a story, it's fine. That's me giving you a piece of it exactly. and allowing you it's to like talk about it. It's like you're giving permission to talk about yeah. it, really. Yeah, I think like when you mentioned that you're coming down the street and you felt something was wrong, mm. that's like, that's intuition. And I feel like a lot, a lot of human beings, like most human beings, have it. And it's like you decide to either act on it or even feel it. Mm. And it's like, it's something that you should be proud that you have because not everyone can be in tune with their intuition. Well, that's one thing. It's kind of like a, yeah, it's like a warning sign. Absolutely. And that's one thing with like my family in general, like my grandma, again, my whole family's very religious. My grandma was not a person to believe, like she believed in ghosts and still believes in spirits and stuff. But her mum was known as the family like psychic Mm. in some senses. Like she, it's like your mum. Like she can talk she felt like she could connect with spirits on the other side, yeah. family members. And Look, like I don't that. know if my mum actually does. Yeah, she's but I'm just really saying, she's a drama queen. Your mum has told me those stories, and like, yeah, it's just classic. I can Italian. relate that to yeah. my grandma, my great grandma. I've never met her. Yeah, rest in peace. What do you call it? Oma. 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 What do you call your great grandma? Chruet Oma. Chruet. 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 Look, I'm not gonna bother. G R O T. Hakalugi. Afrikaans. Um, well, thank you for sharing, uh, and fucking scary shit. Mm. And, um, one of my greatest fears is home invasion. So literally like. Terrified. But luckily we live in Australia. So that really ever happens. And if that does happen, they're holding fucking fake knives. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like knife. if someone's holding a knife against you, don't fuck around with it. But listen to them and do what, you're advice. do what you said. Do what you're told. Um, yeah. That's what because we would not have gotten out of that if we didn't listen to them. No, but like, well, I've worked in retail for like 10 years now and it's mm. like number one, if they say give them the money, give them the fucking give, money. Don't play nothing, a hero. Nothing's worth your There's life. There's no point. I'm um, going to shuffle. It might make a noise. No, please shuffle away. Um, well, can like I, I mentioned... Can I just quickly say one more thing? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm being so annoying. No, it's fine. But um, That's the point. Be annoying. You kind of right, interrupted me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's so fine. I was just saying with that instinct... And that intuition yeah. thing. Yeah. So I personally, because I do believe that there is there are spirits in the world and there is a different plane to our existence. Mm. We'll get into that later. But I think that some people are just more in, in tune with that. For sure. I feel like you are one of those people. Yeah. Um, I feel like your mum, maybe she's a drama yeah. queen, but I feel like she is attuned to that. I agree. My Me and my sister, for example, we've always mm. been attuned to that. Like, small example, but I had a dream that my dog died. The next day, Your dog my dog died in an exact situation that I yeah, thought it would die. And that might just be, I picked up clues, Maybe. my consciousness, and then just put that together and realized mm. this is a risk for my dog. But, um, yeah, I've been in situations where, like, it's very I've rare. seen, no, no, yeah. I've been to so many situations where you say something yeah. or something happens, and I'm like, you mentioned this last night. Not even that, like, I might go to a hotel to stay for the night, mm. like we did once in America, and I was just like, this is not it. Like there's something wrong Leave, here. Yeah. Like I need to go. Like there's something and wrong. And you've, you've always it's rarely that. It's rarely like that intense mm. where I'm like I need to get out of here. But sometimes you can just feel something's off, and you just got to kind of suss it out and figure out what's you going on. You have to trust your gut for sure. It's like trust with, your fucking with gut. your job change and stuff. And back yeah. in the day, you knew going. I don't want to mention names. Yeah. But oh my god, I remember that. I don't want to mention names, but mm. when you told me that story, I was like. That is such a good example of you following your stomach, mm. your gut feeling, and getting to the space where you are now. That's such a good story to tell because I remember I had an interview for a very fucking Can good I vape? job. Yeah, vape away. <laughs> I had an interview for a very fucking good job in Sydney. 
um, and it would have kind of like really worked with what I what I studied, which was film. Um, I remember I literally stood at the train station, getting about to get on the train to go to Sydney, and then I called my brother and was like, "Can you pick me up?" Like I didn't get on the train because something felt so wrong. And then that year, I started a small business and like. I started doing drag and um, DJing and like doing stuff that I actually really wanted to do. Mm. So it's kind of crazy that if I got that job, I wouldn't be doing this now. Exactly. I don't know, it's fucking wild to me. I just um, always think to trust your gut. For sure. Except if your gut's like, kill that person. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't kill anyone. <laughs> um, so pretty much like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, every episode I'm going to say, um, you know, talk to my guests just like I did. That was great. But I'm really sorry, like if it's jarring and awkward, because I'm trying to like still flush out how this is going to be structured. But Look, I yeah. think, just do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah, and just do it. But um, like I mentioned, every episode will be like one main story, which I've researched and kind of looked into, and then like ask my guests about their stories like you just shared yeah. then. And it was, that was great. I, I have a bit of a story afterwards as well. Keen. I, I cannot wait. Um, did I delete it? Oh my god! No, you had it open. <gasps> oh, Imagine. Thank god. So I, I haven't seen any of this. No, I you might say. have heard this story. I might have heard it. Yeah. Probably not because I am not into. <laughs> it's like, very. I'm, I'm into true crime and all that, but I'm also very. What do you call it? What's the word? Dumb. <laughs> T. But. Um, I know what you mean. Disassociated from pop topics Whoa, sometimes. Deep. Pop topics. Like this is probably. Out of touch. Out of touch. Out of, oh, no, touch. Out of touch. Stunning. So. I'm going to tell the story of Elisa Lamb. I've never heard. I might, you might have heard the details once I get into it. So don't look at my screen because I don't want to spoil it. Tea. Is this like a creepy pasta story? Um, I'm sure it's on there, but I didn't find it from there. Yeah. It's one of the stories. So that is it true? It's true. Happened. It's a true story. That's I, scary. <laughs> I've it's definitely been in my mind for many years, um, and I got most of my information from good old Wikipedia. Nice. Um, some from YouTube, from I think BuzzFeed, which is kind of lame, but they. That's right. I talked about it in a really cool way. They have a whole series of like yeah, dark stuff, they which do. is really good. I'm going to take my glasses off. So even good if I look at the screen, you, you know see. I'm not reading. Yeah. Smart. Okay. So I'm going to just move this closer. All right. And we're going to start. <clears throat> um, hey, um, okay. <laughs> in 2013, at the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Cecil is C-E-C-I-L. I think it's Cecil. Cecil. That sounds right. The Cecil Hotel. That sounds, Cecil it's sounds much easier to say inept. as well. It's very, a lot of S's. Um, when the hotel received complaints regarding the quality of the water, um, guests were saying that the water pressure was very low mm, and um, tasted kind of strange. Mm. Maintenance workers from the hotel discovered the body of Elisa Lamb inside a water tank <gasps> on top of the hotel room. I have heard this. Yes. Dark. We watched the video on this like years ago. I think we years did. Ago, years ago. Years ago. <laughs> Um, so she's, she had been reported missing for a month and ma the maintenance crew found her body inside one of these water tanks. Amazing. But the really creepy thing is the surrounding information regarding this case because it's very strange. Um, so Elisa Lam was the daughter of an immigrant family who moved to Canada from Hong Kong. Um, they owned a restaurant just outside of Vancouver and Vancouver is so beautiful. I love that place so much. So it's... Sorry, I just my head mixed words there. Yep. So they're from Hong Kong, moved, moved to Canada. Moved to Canada Amazing. from I Hong it was Kong, a restaurant in Vancouver. Um, and so uh, Elisa Lam was a student at the University of British Columbia. Um, not sure what she was studying. There's, I don't think there's much talked about, but 
she went on a um, during her break at university she went on a solo travel trip she went to the San Diego Zoo um, she also went to a few different sites around the San Diego area um, and these are all from her social media accounts she had a blog and she also had Facebook so she'd post about her solo travels on there mm-hmm. um, on January 26th 2013 she arrived in LA um, and after two days exploring LA she checked into the Cecil Hotel um, which is in like downtown, the heart of LA, like near Skid Row, which is kind of like a sketchy area. It's a dodgy, yeah. Yeah, Sounds it's kind of sketchy. Like, isn't downtown always a bad area? <laughs> I feel like downtown in any city, like I personally wouldn't want to stage because too much going on, yeah. and it's like loud. It's like what smelly. is that? Gorilla. Gorilla. No, Gorilla's nice. Where's the place <laughs> in really. Wollongong? There's but a lot of places in Wollongong in the back. They with Geordie, remember? Oh, Cringilla. Cringilla. No that one goes there. <laughs> Dark. Okay, um, so when. When Elisa Lam initially checked in, she was assigned a share room on the hotel's fifth floor um, because obviously it's cheaper to get a share room. But her roommates complained that Elisa was showing very odd behavior, um, which there's no details of. And I really want to speak to one of them and say, like, what was she doing? Like, what was the odd behavior? Mm. Um, But it was so odd that they actually moved her to a um, private room by herself and she didn't have to pay any extra. So, but why would you, as a friend, see your friends acting oh, out? No, and be that's like, not their, you know what? They're not separate. That's you. not her friend. Didn't the people? Oh, I know. Sorry, true. They literally just placed. Strangers. It's like a hostel. They placed yeah. her in a room with strangers, and they complained about how she was being a bit strange. So they put her in a room okay. by herself. Oh, well, that's fair. Um, but let's talk about the Cecil Hotel as like a building. Mm. Um, it has a really weird history, and a lot of really fucked up things have happened there. Um, one of them, including a woman named Goldie Os- Osgood. She was raped and murdered in a hotel in the Cecil. Um, sorry, in a room in the Cecil. Oh, my God. Um, which is a crime that still has not been solved till today. Um, the serial killer, Richard Ramirez, who's extremely well-known. Yeah, the, he's the talking stalker, about um, And ja- um, Jack Unterweger, who's from Norway. They were both stayed at the Cecil for like quite some time, a few months while they were active serial killers. Wow. So that juju is definitely hanging around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also been quite a few numbers of suicides at the hotel, one of which actually killed a pedestrian who was standing at the front of the hotel at the time. Someone jumped off and then they actually killed the pedestrian as they Imagine jumped. Imagine reading out your, your eulogy. Honestly. Be like, he, he got There's hit. something ironic about it, but I can't tell yeah. what it is. And I don't want to laugh because it's not funny, it's but not. It, it's like, it's just random. Yeah, a lot of people have, yeah, a lot of people have killed suicide there, which is fucking weird. Mm. Um, but let's talk about Elisa Lamb. She had been diagnosed with depression and bipolar and was prescribed four separate medications, um, Seroquel and a bunch of other Cocktail. pretty, yeah, pretty intense things. So, mm. um, according to her family who supposedly kept her history of mental illness quite private, mm. um, they said that Elisa had no suicidal ideations, never attempted suicide, she never had any like strange behaviors, never had any psychotic breaks, nothing like that. They just knew that she had bipolar and depression and it kind of changed her mood, but it was nothing severe. Um, That's a bit... It's, well, I find... It's a bit strange because I don't feel like depression or bipolar can be diagnosed if there's not... Symptoms? Not, yeah, symptoms, but also like you wouldn't go to a doctor if you're... Like, if there's not an experience that happened to call, make you think, maybe I should go to a doctor. For sure, but sometimes it's just a lingering feeling of, like, constantly being tired. And this is, like, luckily No self-worth. Because I have, I have anxiety and you have anxiety, so, like, 
it wasn't really one specific thing that made me go get help. It was just kind of like a buildup of feelings and like thoughts. So like, that's what I just, I think same with her. So in mid 2010, she actually began a blog called Ether Fields on Blogspot. Ether, like E-T-H-E-R. Ether. Um, Ether. In nice. the two years that she had the blog, she would post pictures of models in fashionable clothing and would also write about her life and her struggle with mental illness. Um, the blog was obviously very private from her family. Nobody knew about it until after she um, passed away. Mm-hmm. She eventually had a, she had to drop a few classes at university because she couldn't attend um, due to her mental health. Um, and she would also write on her blog about how she was haunted by the idea that she was wasting her life and she had no direction. Um, like every 20-year-old, if I'm honest. Honestly, like, me right now. I've been through that. <laughs> me literally right now. <laughs> and so it's, it's common. Yeah. Um, after two years of blogging, Lamb announced that she was abandoning the blog and moving to Tumblr, where she posted photos of found fashion photos and some quotes. I love Tumblr. Um, yeah, me too. I love Tumblr. Oh, my blog was fucking crazy. Anyway. My blog was so gay. <laughs> and I was like 15. Oh, mine was so gay. So gay. <laughs> I feel like I was such a little hacker. I thought I was like such a little HTML. Uh, the, yeah, with your blog, Honestly. with the dashboard. With theme. Mm. Um, Pink everywhere. So regarding her trip, Elisa Lamb would contact her parents every day when she was away. Um, but then on January 31st, when she was supposed to leave Hotel Cecil mm. um, and head for Santa Cruz, which is uh, about a few, a few hours away, they didn't hear from her. And so they, her parents got quite worried and they contacted the LAPD um, immediately. They even flew to LA to find out where she was and to search for her. Very loving she went family. Missing. I feel yeah, like a well, lot of people would kind of leave her for a couple of days. Well, no. Well, if you don't hear from your daughter, who well, they, they usually heard, would usually they heard would, from yeah. her every single day on her trip. She would call them every day. She'd text them every single day, and then all of a sudden she wasn't replying to anything. So it's immediately a red flag. And I think it's a really good thing that they went straight away. Um, well, yeah, obviously, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> if you're reading me to saw right now. <laughs> um, the only person who saw her that day was a nearby bookstore owner who said that Elisa Lamb was very energetic, very friendly, very lively. Um, and she said that Lamb was even coming into the store to buy presents for her family to bring back home to Canada. Um, she even mentioned that um, Lamb was looking for a specific book that she wanted to buy, but it was so heavy that it was too heavy to carry while traveling. So obviously she had plans to travel, to continue to traveling. To not die. To not die. Yeah. Which is the, a red flag in itself. It's like, she obviously... Something suspicious happened. Something's going on. Um, so the police searched a lot of the rooms in the hotel, but they were not successful in picking up any scent with any police dogs. They didn't search every room because they didn't believe any crime had been committed at that point. She was just missing. So they yeah. had no um, probable cause to search through all of the rooms, but they searched all the rooms that they, as many as they could, but they found nothing interesting. Um, on February 15th, this is when things got fucking really fucking weird. Um, it had been an entire week since Elisa Lamb had been seen. So the LAPD released a video of the last known sighting of her, which was taken in the hotel's elevator on February 1st. Mm. Um, you can watch this video online. The video surveillance has been very extensively analysed by people online um, and it's been discussed by people all around the world even mm. to this day. It's like very... It's like infamous, this yeah. video. is so fucking strange. So I'm going to try and like describe what the video is if anyone hasn't seen it. So I'll Also like on your Instagram some shit, post the link. 
Good idea. Oh my god, true. I'll, I'll talk about that at the end. But yeah. um, I will. I will try and desc- like describe. I wrote down as much detail as I could. Um, so pretty much, the camera inside this elevator is in the back corner of the elevator, looking down. Um, you can see everything in the elevator except the corner in which the camera is looking down at because it's looking on angle. Okay. But you can see just outside the hallway as well. So you can see the elevator, um, the control panel, and then the hallway, about a meter or two. Mm. Um, we see Elisa Lamb wearing a red hooded jumper over a gray T-shirt with black shorts and sandals. At the start of the video, Elisa enters the elevator from the left of the hallway and goes to the button panel. She appears to select several floors, kind of up and down in a row. She goes one, two, like every button Mm. down. Um, And then she steps back into the corner and is facing the camera, but like looking, looking down, looking away. Um, After Mm. a few seconds and with the door of the elevator not closing, she steps up to the door, leans forward. So her head is through the door and looks in both directions and then quickly steps back in. So she pokes her head out, looks left and right very quickly and then jumps back in. Almost as if, like, there's someone following her or chasing her. It's oh really God. strange. I just got chills. <laughs> um, yeah, it's creepy. She then backs up to the wall where the buttons are, the control panel, as if she's scared or nervous, like there's something wrong. Like, she looks like she's visibly um, terrified. Oh, this is fucking me up. The door <laughs> just remains open. It just does not close. She walks outside into the hallway again. Then she moves to her side and sidesteps back into the elevator looking to the side and then she sidesteps back out into the hallway and then sidesteps back into the into the hallway it's really strange she then steps outside of into the hallway again her right arm can be seen going up to her, her head and then she turns to re-enter the elevator putting both hands on the side of the door she then goes to the buttons presses as many buttons as she possibly can some more some more than once she presses them multiple times then returns to the wall that she had come into the elevator from outside into the hallway. This is fucking weird. She puts both of her hands over her ears briefly as she walks back to the section of the wall where she was standing. The door is still open, does not close. So the door is open the whole time? The whole time, it does not fucking close. Even so with strange. her standing away from In, it? Even her standing inside the elevator, it still does not close. It stays open. Oh, I've got a fury. She then she turns to her right and begins rubbing her forearms together. Then this is what fucking freaks me out. She stretches her hand, her fingers like as wide as she can with a flat palm and starts rocking and bowing with the hands like this. So her hands, her fingers are stretched out into like a, in five. Like a fan. And she starts fanning her hands and bowing up and down in the hallway. Um, and this can all be seen through the elevator door from the um, security camera, which the doors are still open. Mm. And after she backs to the wall again um, and finally steps next to the control panel, the doors finally close. Um, It's like a weird fucking ritual or some shit. It's very strange. Like, it seems like she is... And also seeing when she's doing the hand movement, like she's having a conversation with someone. You can't see anyone in the video, but she's talking. She's talking. You can't visibly. see her. You can't see her face, but the gestures she's making and the stuff. mannerisms are a conversation. It seems like she's chatting with someone. 
but you can't see anyone. But it almost seems like she's chatting with someone that's at the end of the hall. That you can't see. That you can't see. And unfortunately, there's no cameras in the hallway, just in the elevator. So when, with that, what you mean with that fanning thing Mm. she does with her hands, does it look like a weird motion she's making or does it look like she's like angrily talking to someone like no it's strange it's like it's like a movement it's weird it's not normal like if you saw someone making that movement you'd think there's something going on i just i'm got goosebumps yeah it's fucking creepy and the video was published all around the world but it was most notably published on a chinese video sharing site called yuku which got 3 million views and 40,000 comments. A lot of people speculated that she was on drugs and they said that she was, be- or, or that she was being chased mm. um, and that she tried to press all the buttons because she was panicking and tried to get away from someone. Mm. Um, and some people just said she had a psychotic break. So, Yeah, like they all seem valid, like valid they do. things. Um, we'll talk more about that at the end, but mm. I want to talk about what actually happened after this because during the search for Elisa... Um, like I mentioned at the start, guests started complaining of the water pressure, that it was really low. And the fuck thing is that people said the water tasted really weird. They said it tasted strange. So, oh, no, I don't want to think. Because her body was in the water tank. So the water tasted. Oh, my God. And the scary thing is that these water tanks are connected to the kitchen, a coffee shop next door, and the, all of the guest rooms. Fuck. Um, oh fuck the R H and S. People even said <laughs> that. that. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! Imagine the paperwork, oh mate. God. Um, people even said that when they turn the tap on, black liquid would come out before it turned clear. Oh. Um, yeah, it's oh, fucking fuck. horrific. So on the morning of February nineteenth, Lamb's body was found in one of the four enormous water tanks, which provided water to the guest rooms and kitchen, like I mentioned. Mm. The tank was drained and cut open because the maintenance hatch was too far was too small to accommodate the equipment needed to take her body out. Um, the hatch was very, very narrow, very small to get inside, so they couldn't get the equipment to pull her out, so they had to cut open the water tank, drain all the liquid. How did she get in? Well, let's talk. Um, soon. Fuck. <laughs> On February 21st, the, LA's coroner's, the LA coroner's office sorry, issued a finding um, and declared that it was a death uh, of accidental drowning with bipolar disorder as a significant factor towards mm. this. Later, a report stated that her body had been found naked. The clothing that she was wearing was floating in the water and was coated with, quote, sand-like particles. Fucking strange. What? It just gets weirder and weirder. So her watch and room key were found on her. There was no sign of sexual abuse, suicide, or physical trauma on Lamb's moderately decomposed body. There were no drugs found in her system and only a tiny amount of alcohol. The only drugs found in her body were non-prescription drugs like painkillers, like ibuprofen. Mm. The strangest thing, the strangest fucking thing that fucking wigs me out is that to get to this roof, you need to have a passcode and a key. And if you try to open one of the doors, the alarm would go off and the only people permitted on the roof were staff members. Um, Another weird thing is that the water tanks were propped up on large concrete blocks. They were two meters high and the... To look inside one of the water tanks when they found her body, they had to get a ladder to even get in, up to the water tank. And the other crazy thing is that the the hatch to open up and to get inside the water tank was extremely heavy. So apparently she got in, managed to open it, even get into the roof. So fucking she managed to get onto the roof without even... A key anyone, or a pass Without anyone anything. noticing... She opened this hatch, which is very, very fucking heavy. Apparently, it's like 
18 kilos, looks very heavy, and closed it behind her naked. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, from what they said, they said that she was found naked with her clothes floating. Yeah, her clothes were floating. she was in the water and she took her clothes off. We don't know. But if the clothes are floating, if the, the clothes can't just it would indicate that. dissipate off. No, her. it would indicate to me. It would if I had to go off what I've seen that she got in, then took her clothes off. Is that the whole story? That's that. Well, yeah, that's the story. So that's what we know. And to this and day, because <laughs> I have day, some theories. <laughs> to this day, nobody knows what happened to her. Um, I have some theories, but before I say that, I'd like to say that like this woman died mm. and. She obviously suffered from mental illness and mental health problems. So, you know, condolences to her family. It's fucking terrifying and very, very sad. So when we speculate theories, like, I want to be as respectful as I can, but There's obviously... no disrespectful. No, Meaning, yeah, yeah. It's just, like, it sucks that this young girl had to die. And, it's an interesting um, story. Very fascinating fucking mystery. And also, I, like, who knows? We can say something right now. Mm. Police in Canada can hear this and, like... We haven't thought about that. That's rude. And it can click the whole thing. That's Who knows? true. Well, I think like I the thing is I agree with a lot of what people say online is that I as much as I want to believe about supernatural things and paranormal in regarding the Cecil Hotel, which evidently is the inspiration for American Horror Story Hotel. Like <gasps> that's what it's inspired from. Amazing. Amazing. But um I I think that um, when you suffer from mental illness, which I do suffer from, and you go away by yourself, which I did, I went to Canada alone, which I had never done before, your mind fucking Goes places. swirls. It just, yeah. you don't even think that you can get to that place and you don't think that your mind would ever go to anywhere dark or like anywhere strange but it does like when you're alone and you're because you have no out of perspective it's just your mind feeding its own and it's the mental illness it's just like the anxiety and the depression just grows every single day until you like you can't think straight Mm. so to me i think that this poor girl um was alone and didn't have the proper support network around her or you know didn't have um those open conversations with her family about her mental health which definitely would have helped. So I think that if I had to go play by play, I think that she had a a mental break. The video surveillance is like evidence of that. It shows that she was speaking to someone that wasn't there, pressing buttons. And if you watch her press the buttons, it seems at moments she seems scared and at moments she seems calm. So it's kind of like, I don't don't think she even knows how she's fucking feeling. Mm. Then from there, I think that night she um, found a way to the roof either via fire escape or whatever it was. Um, And I think that she was pretty strong. She must have been strong enough to open the fucking water thing, get in naked, and then she drowned. Well, that's the thing with... Just a quick thing on, like... Strength and shit. That's my whole thing. When though. you're no, but like, okay. Firstly, I agree with you in some ways. Mm. I definitely think a very viable way to explain this whole thing is with mental illness. Um, especially the thing that you said that. Firstly, she was pushed out of a room by strangers. Mm. So that alone, if you're insecure, <gasps> you're so right. If you're anxious yeah. and you're pushed out by strangers. Your mind will start rearing. For sure. And you start thinking, I'm What's the problem. Me, yeah. What's wrong? Why, I didn't even think of that. why are these strangers that don't know me so grossed out or so annoyed by me yeah. that I am pushed out of a hostel where they would have seen so many strange people already? 
Like instead and of she's like, the one to be pushed out out of this yeah. group of what maybe five or six people. That's why I wonder what what her behavior was because if it's something erratic, like why wouldn't the hotel like is this girl like hey like can we contact someone? Well, that's that's the thing. I don't I don't think you can blame the hotel in terms of that because firstly, if they have an open hostel room. Mm. They would have had many a people, strange people come through. For sure. And it's not their business. Yeah. If they, unfortunately, if they get the money, they're happy. Yeah. Um, well, an interesting thing to note as well that um, her family tried to sue the hotel for negligence in terms of having access to the roof and the water tank being like accessible. You know, accessible. So unfortunately, the case was dropped, didn't go through. But it's an interesting point because I did watch another video, a follow up video. Um, of a, uh, a guy from who came from China to visit the hotel to kind of I think he was interested in the case and like was like you know uh, you know just as like baffled as we are yeah and he actually stayed at the Cecil got a camera found his way to the roof without tripping an alarm without even no way nobody noticing got to the top of one of the water tanks and okay. it was open. And it was open. It was open. It was still open. And that was after she died. So it's like, guys, have you not learned? Like, I read like S. Like, literally. Tanks. I read S. It just shows you that, like, it is possible to get up it there. So, mm. like, I've read a lot of things, like, it's it's impossible. She could not have opened that, the latch. It could have just been open. She closed it. No, but also what I was going to say before is that when you're in such a mental break, mm. adrenaline starts pumping. You can do anything. Absolutely. There is... So many videos and evidence of mums pulling out babies, ripping open car doors mm. with their bare hands because of adrenaline and the need to survive. Where's that video? I want to see that video. No, but <laughs> maybe not ripping I've open heard of car like doors, little babies but, you know, like pulling up cars and shit. Yeah, I've never seen a video, but I'm sure it's like there's. Now. I mean, I mean, you can think in like war situations how mm. people survive, and that's because adrenaline and the strength that you need to be able to survive in a fucking mud pit for Literally. months and not dissipate in the fucking water like your body can do your brain is so strong mm. and it can convince your body to do anything you know like because you can you can break a wall but your body is putting that block in your head don't do it because you can't mm. you can't think I can push this wall but if you try hard enough you can break through this wall and get outside that's why I always say when I'm in a situation like a home, a home invasion for example like we're talking about I feel like the adrenaline would take over me and I would become a fucking beast. See, but that's... You say that, but, <laughs> but fear, then shock, sheer fear, fear and shock kicks into you. I feel like, well, okay, for example, if they came in and killed our dog, mm. anger would lose and it. rage <laughs> would set in. I think I'd, be, I'd fly. I'd float. Yeah. I would turn into a witch. <laughs> I'd have magi magical powers. I would grow a fourth limb. Oh my god, I have four limbs, idiot. Fifth limb. I'm tired. Fifth limb. Um, look, I'm going to segue into something else. But can I tell? Well, me? I just want to know what you think. Yeah. So my theory, because you've told like the realistic theory, I'm going to say <laughs> a theory that kind of feeds into that yeah. paranormal. Have you heard of the elevator game? No. So it's a game. Supposedly, you go into a hotel and there's there's a whole system of what you need to press in a hotel um, yeah, in, in a in yeah. an elevator so you press like if you press one yeah. and then five and six and seven in crazy shit you need to do the elevator man comes in or you go to a different dimension yeah so what i think because how old was she she was young in her 20s yeah so definitely could have had a mental break but i'm gonna feed into like the paranormal she could have played the 
elevator game and it worked. Mm. It fucking worked. And she stepped out into a different dimension and her doing all the weird motions that was yeah. like testing, like, <laughs> am I in a different fucking dimension? Um, so that's one thing that the first thought I had when you said that she was pressing random numbers yeah. and going in like order and like concessional order that she could have been playing a game. Yeah. Um, secondly, yeah, that's I honestly that the good. only, no, only like few that I can game. think of. But also, I can tell you I've never heard that theory before. Thank God. But also, I definitely do think that, in all seriousness, that it was definitely a moment of a mental break. Yeah. Especially if she was traveling alone for a while. Like you said for yourself, sure. the first few days in Canada, you were fine. Yeah. And it started breaking you yeah. down when you were stuck in a house, not being able to leave because of the snowstorm. Yeah. All that shit bleeds into it. It does. Um, and you don't realize how bad... Ooh, um, how bad your mental illness is until those situations happen. Mm. Like, I'm sure she thought she was fine until she traveled and then it kind of just all happened at once. And like you mentioned, when those people pushed her out of her room, it makes it very conscious. Like, she's like, what's wrong with me? Like, I would think that too if someone was like, this guy's strange. Really? I'd be like, what the fuck? I Like, I thought I was, you know, I thought this is just how I am, you know? Yeah. My thing, another interesting point I want to make is like, she was so um, public about things on her blog, but she wrote nothing about feeling any sort of way on this trip and I find that really strange that it can happen so quickly that you can like you, your your mental health can degrade well, so fucking quick that might you know feed into her diagnosis of bipolar mm. I don't I don't I'm you can't even assume what I can't know. and also I have no experience or n- very limited knowledge on what bipolar is and how it affects the human mind mm. but from what I've heard what I've heard from some friends is that you are on highs and lows. Yeah. And they can come in short bursts, they can come in really small, longer bursts. For sure. So what I think might have might have happened, again, just theorizing, is that she could have had a really good period of time where she was feeling great, she was feeling confident and positive, and she had a dip. Mm. And that bleeding into her being alone, mm-hmm. her being kicked out of a room by strangers. She had a manic episode. She had a manic episode of like, who the fuck am I? Like, why do I feel like this? I'm over it. <laughs> because I've had moments, I had moments recently mm-hmm. after Loki got into a car crash. I'm fine. Don't worry. Thank but God. moments after that, I, I was sitting there in my room in Canberra thinking like, the weirdest thoughts that you never, in my life, you just I never yeah. thought, like, why did I survive? All these things coming to your head where I would be in my room watching a movie, thinking these thoughts, going crazy in my head, mm. step out, get a glass of Pepsi to drink, talk to my mom and dad, and I feel fine. Yeah. Because they, they connected me back to reality. For sure. And not, not me being like, hey, can you tell me that I'm not crazy? But <laughs> it's just that literally stepping out of that bubble you created yeah. very quickly... Because again, like I said, your brain yeah, can crazy. do ridiculous things. Good things are bad. Um, honestly, like regardless of what actually happened or, you know, what the truth is, it's it's still a very bizarre and very creepy story. If you ever want to watch the video, just type in Elisa Lamb. Because on, I've heard of this. Yeah. But I have never heard so much detail and I didn't know about the video. Yeah, the video is I think very I've just under- read, because I've heard of a lady found in a tank. tank. 
no one figuring out how she could it do is it. Very unsettling, very creepy. I'd recommend you go watch mm. it if you haven't watched it yet. Like I just... hate that we recorded this so late at night because <laughs> we need to go to bed soon. I know. So. <laughs> well, I'm gonna like JJ said, great idea. Um, if you want to follow us on Insta, well, me, but I don't know us. Do I say us? Do I say me? I don't know. It's you. Know. It's all you. It's, it's all us. you, baby. It's um, it's uh, it's me. Uh, I'm just loading up because I can't remember the fucking Instagram fucking oh god the goddamn <laughs> okay so if you want to follow me on Instagram it's scared shitless but instead of the I in shitless you put a full stop so like scared sh dot less <laughs> is that I the think, best way to describe it I think say maybe like follow me on my account my main account fuck pablo which is f-u-q-p-a-b-l-o that's good in my link there would be a link to my instagram if you can't find it scared shitless um but scared shitless replace the i with a dot thank god thank god for you well i'll post the video i'll post like a clip of it on on there if you want to watch it um and yeah so i think that's like that's that's uh, like that's episode one but we need to say goodbye and you need a catchphrase yeah, look, I need I need a catchphrase. But firstly, thank you so much for listening. Because thank you for having me, by the way, as well. You're so welcome. I'll love to have you next time. You're really good at talking. <laughs> and that was the problem in school, but now, fuck yeah. Now it's a, now it's a skill. <laughs> well, honestly, like, yeah, thanks for listening. I feel like I'm going to do this again next week with someone different. I put a post out on Facebook saying, hey, guys, I'm doing this podcast. Is anyone interested in joining and, like, chatting? So and so many people so were many people. commenting. And you know what? I read first people. I am so excited to hear their stories. The One of them is uh, a personal cleaner who cleans up after, like, Stop. People have passed away. And Stop. so like, they're going to have some interesting stories and people play with Ouija boards and shit. So the, this is going to be cool. I'm I'm really scared to go to sleep tonight, but that's fine. I love you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. And um, I don't have the catchphrase yet. Let's think one. I, I don't have any. Oh, look, okay. Um, uh, scared, shitless, Or we can say like, thank you for listening, guys. And you have been. Scared shitless. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> no, look, a catchphrase will come eventually. Yeah. I think they catchphrases need to like happen naturally. Yeah. You know, otherwise it just doesn't work. But I, I love you. Yes, you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and I'll see you next week. Thanks, JJ, for being on Thank this you. week's episode. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.